Welcome to another episode of Pierre's Podcast. We are excited about today's message as we will be focusing on spiritual formation. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Tell what a person believes by watching his or her lifestyle because the way we actually live reveals what we actually believe about life. I mean, if you really believe something, you can't help but live consistently with your belief system, be it bad or good. It's interesting, right? Because imagine taking 10 puzzle pieces from 10 different puzzles and trying to piece them all together. Even if you cut the pieces to make them fit, the picture wouldn't make any kind of sense. And this is similar to even mixing and matching our belief systems from different religions and philosophies. Because what it's going to do is it's going to result in a nonsensical and incoherent view of life. The Christian faith is a coherent belief system that seeks to make sense of life, a worldview. It's fashionable today to pick and choose beliefs from various religions and philosophies. But this is a dangerous approach because every belief system presents a comprehensive and interrelated way of making sense of reality. Mixing and matching ideas from different sources results in a worldview that lacks internal coherency. So today we're going to talk about spiritual formation, the importance of it. Why is it so important? Why does it matter? So hold tight. We're going to jump right into it. So let's talk about God the Father. God the Father. God the Father. Let's talk about that today. Is that okay? Yeah. Somebody say, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. So trying to define what God is like can be complicated. How many of you guys know sometimes that can be complicated, trying to define what God is like? It's pretty hard to do that, right? Especially when you can't see him. Makes it really, really difficult when you can't see him. Because when you can't see him, it's hard to define what he looks like and who he is and all these wonderful things that we hear about him. But it makes it, it, makes it challenging. Because if you can't see him, you're kind of like, well, I don't know who he is. I don't know what he looks like. Does he even exist? You go through all those different things to ask yourself those questions, to come to a conclusion that may not even be the answer that you're looking for at that particular time and or moment, right? Now, we all know we have what's called the whole. Everybody's heard of that, right? All of us have that whole. What is my purpose in life? What has God called me to do if you're a Christian? What has God called me to do if you're not a Christian? What is my purpose in life? What am I here for? Am I here just to be here and then die? Of course not. Of course not. None of us are just here just to be here and then die. God has a perfect plan and a perfect will for each and every single person in this room. And that plan, that purpose is Whatever it is that he's placed in you and called you to do, he put that in you with the sole point and purpose to be able to have you be a blessing to society and the world as a whole. We live in a global world now. And so some of you guys right here in this room, you're going to graduate and you're no longer going to be able to just go to your neighborhood and get a job in your neighborhood anymore. Some of you guys are not going to even stay in this state. Some of you guys are going to leave the state. Some of you guys may even leave the country. 
The point is, is that at the end of the day, God has called all of us, each and every single one of us, to go forth into the perfect will and the perfect plan that he has for each of us in our lives. So what is that perfect will? What is that perfect plan? Well, Minister Mayo, you talk about this, that perfect will, that perfect plan, but what is it? Well, let's talk a little bit about it. Have you ever tried to take a puzzle? Just, you know, puzzle you buy in the store. Have you ever tried to take that puzzle and buy three or four or five more puzzles? And, you know what, I'm going to cut these pieces out so they fit and try to take those puzzle pieces from the other puzzle and make the puzzle pieces fit. Now you cut them out, you cut them out to the same shape as the other thing. And you make them fit. But what happens though? What happens? The picture is distorted. Why is the picture distorted? Because you cannot take four, five, six other puzzle pieces and try to cut those pieces out to fit the main puzzle that you're working on and think it's gonna look like the picture on the box. It's just not gonna work. So there's no way for it to happen. There's no way for it to happen, right? You can't do it. And so it's a pointless cause to even attempt to and even try to make it happen. Matthew 7, 16 says that we can identify people by their fruits. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Of course not. A good tree produces good fruit. And a bad tree produces bad fruit. And a good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Let me read that last part again. So you can identify people by their actions. Right? So... We look at people, we look at people where they're at, we look at people's actions, we determine where that individual is at, right? And we say, man, they're a good person, they're a great person. But their actions are gonna tell us otherwise when they begin to stray from what the main cause and purpose is in terms of their beliefs, right? In terms of their beliefs. As a believer, as a Christian, we have a responsibility to live out and to act out who we are in Christ. That's really important. It's extremely important because when we choose not to do that, then we choose to allow the world to see something that is distorted. We become the distorted puzzle. We become that distorted puzzle with all those mixed in pieces. And they're looking at that and they're saying something's wrong with that. Something don't make sense with that right there. And that's what they're saying. Why? Because that's what any of us would say. Any of us would say that if we saw a distorted puzzle. You can tell a person believes by watching his or her lifestyles because the way we actually live reveals what we actually believe about life. If you really believe something, you can't help but live consistently with your belief system, be it good or bad be it good or bad. Now, why does this matter? This matters because at the end of the day, if we say we believe that God is real, if we say we believe that God is real, then we have to want to please God. We have to want to live a life that will be pleasing to God. We have to live a life where we have to hold up a certain standard that allows everybody 
in your community here to see who you are in Christ Jesus. And we have to hold that up there. We can't lower that standard. Well, you know, Monday through Friday, though, minister, you know, I'm just kind of doing my thing. I'm just kind of hanging out and doing my thing because I don't want my friends who don't believe in God, to, you know, to think I'm kind of like, you know, some kind of like, you know, blah, blah, blah. You fill in the blanks, whatever they would call you. Right. But at the end of the day, believe it or not, they're looking to you to be the example for them. They want you to be the example for them. They're hoping you're going to be the example for them. And so you have to make a choice. Am I going to allow the light, the love of Christ to shine through me to my unsaved friends, to the ones who don't know Jesus Christ, their Lord and personal Savior? Am I going to be that individual? See, everything's about choices. We have to choose to allow God to be who he's going to be in our lives so we can allow that to flourish to individuals all around us. I think some of the biggest mistakes that a lot of Christians make is that they try to be so righteous and so holy and, you know, pious. And, man, ain't none of us pious. Ain't none of us that pious, man. I know I'm not, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I didn't fell short a thousand times. I fell short today, man. I can't think of exactly what I did, but I'm sure I did something I ain't have no business doing. And we stand before God who is so holy, so righteous, who is so pious, but yet he loves us so much that he was willing to come down here and interact with us in all of our foolishness and all of our folly. He was willing to come down, step down, and be here with us, be among us. And yes, he was. You know, the greatest thing about God is, is that his love is so unconditional. And that's a beautiful thing. We are so privileged to be able to call him our Heavenly Father, Abba Father. It is a wonderful thing when you stop and think about how much he loves and cares for you. And that he's willing to forgive you of all your shortcomings. And again, that's what this is all about. His grace and mercy is abundant and his bounds way beyond anything we can ever completely understand. I think of so many people who do fall short and so many people who have you know, really tried to live this life the right way and they've done the best they can to try to live the right way, but they're gonna always fall short because it's human nature to sin. And I'm not saying that's okay to sin. Yes, we should definitely make a strived effort to be the best we can be as a believer and a follower of Christ and set the example for the world. But in the end of the day though, I was clear about that, that it is our sin nature, and Paul says it best. Paul says, when I wish that I could do things right, I find myself doing things wrong. So at the end of the day, we must realize that it is God's grace, that this whole idea of spiritual formation is something that we're going to process through uh, continually for the rest of our life. We must always run the good race. We should never stop running. Amen. Ain't got him.
Was I chasing convenience? I just have one question. Why does everybody think there's multiple paths to a place where one direction is simple? If I gave you the roadmap to heaven, would you take it? Like really take it? Like denying everything else that can't go with you and forsake them. There's a couple of statements that need to be made before we reach our destination. 
There's some mistakes you don't want to make if you want to make it to heaven. So first things first, get it out of your mind that you can make it here by your works. Your efforts to ever be excellent won't work, but you say, wait, hold up. I'm a good person, but what's good to a God when that God is perfect? Second, what's worse is when you think you gain heaven by going to church. You're like, it's Sunday, I'm in here. That counts for something, right? But if I go to a concert, that doesn't make me and the artist tight. Your streaks of weeks and service are good, but this is not Snapchat. If you're not spending time with him and bearing fruit, he'll take your branch and snap back, number three. And this is probably one of the biggest things. If all the answers to your life questions were in a book, why wouldn't you read? We can take out the guesswork if we network with the fisher of men. The living word gave us the written word for us to comprehend. Then the word came down to earth to complete the work that he created. The Bible leads straightforward to him because he's the direction we're taking. Jesus, the truth, the life, and the way. All roads can't lead to heaven unless they're calling on Jesus' name. So lay aside everything you thought was a way to get in, because indeed, the only way to open heaven's gates is to believe. Believe that Jesus purchased your ticket and came down and died a criminal's death for me and you. Believe that he's the only reason we can make it through. Follow him like we follow trends. I promise he's much better than a challenge on Instagram. And when you receive salvation, you can make that statement that I know the way to heaven. And I'm going because of him. God bless you. So what does that mean? That means that God became real. All he wants now is to be among us, right? And we're going to jump to that in just a second and be real to us. Not some pie in the sky, holier than thou, like my wife said, pious person that's just out of sight, out of mind. That's never been what it's about with God. It's never been about that. Man's shortcomings and man's fall. Man's sinful nature that we brought among ourselves it is what separated us from God. But Jesus Christ did what? He filled in the gaps. He came among us, right, as God, and helped fill in the gaps so that we could have and or be reconnected back to God. Be reconnected back to God. So God is real. That's the first point. He's a real God. Isaiah 44, 610 says, this is what the Lord says, Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord of heaven's armies. I am the first and the last. There is no other God, period. He makes that clear out the gates. There is no other God. I ain't competing against nobody because I don't have to compete because I am who I am. He says it and he means it. And then he says this. I love what he says in seven. Who is like me? See, he, he leaves a question out there. He's like, who is like me? God is calling him out. God is saying to whoever wants to challenge him, he's saying, who is like me? Nobody is like me. That's what he's saying. And then he says, says, let him, speaking to the other person, whoever the other God is, let him step forward and prove to you his power. Let him do as I have done since ancient times when I established the people and explained its future. When he's talking about ancient time, he's talking about before everything. He's talking about when he first created everything. He says, yeah, let me see if he can do that. If he's who he say he is, tell him to do that. Because remember, he's saying, who, who, who can touch me? Who can touch me? God is like, listen, man, God is like mad cocky here. You got to get this, man. He's mad cocky. God is like, I'm that deal. Don't you ever forget it. He's letting us know that, right? He's letting us know that, right? And then he goes on to say, he says, 
do not tremble. Do not be afraid. He's telling us not to be fearful of him. Why is he telling us that? Because as our creator, as the person that's created us, all he really wants from us is just for us to be in relationship with him. He loves us enough that he wants us to be in relationship with him. And he wants us to be able to commune with him, to commune with him. How do we commune with God? We commune with God through our fellowship. Check this out. Get with me here on this one. With our fellowship among each other first. What do you mean? Wait, hold on a second, minister. What are you talking about? Well, let's go back to something real quick. What does Jesus say to the Pharisees? He says, listen, you guys tell me something. You guys are so smart. Y'all so wordy and so smart and all this. He said, what's the greatest commandment? Oh, that's easy. Love God with all your heart. He said, yeah, and by the way, add this to it too. And love your neighbor as you would love yourself. Because see, one thing about man, we love to love ourselves more than we love to love our neighbor. We love to love ourselves more than we love to love our neighbor. And why is that so important? It's so important because that was the whole premise of what God was all about. God came here because he wanted to be in relationship with us to show us he got us. He has us. I'm telling you right now, God has you. You, 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 you. God got you. God got you. God has us. Amen? He has us, and he wants us to know that he loves us and he's with us. But then he goes on to say, though, I love this part. He says, did I not proclaim my purpose for you long ago? Oh, wait, what? Did I not proclaim my purpose for you long, long ago? He, he told you, listen, man, I said to young people all the time, I said to young people all the time, I said, let me tell you something. You think you were going to become this? You just woke up one day and decided you want to become what you're going to become? No, no, no. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. God put that in you way back when before you were even born. Okay, so you're going to be this. You're going to be that. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. You gonna... That's what he did. He put this in us a long time ago, way back when. And so he says it right here. Did I not proclaim my purpose for you long ago? He's asking you a question there. And then he says, are you my witnesses? Is there any other God? No. There is no other rock. Now he begins to give his description of himself. He says, there is no other rock, not one. How foolish are those who manufacture idols? How foolish are those who manufacture idols? These prized objects are really worthless. The people who worship idols don't know this. So... They are all put to shame. Who but a fool would make his own God an idol that cannot help him one bit? Wow. An idol that cannot help him one bit. Listen, man, too many times we put things ahead of God. Too many times we put things above God. Too many times we put things, you know, on the side of God. We, we, we parallel it. We line it up with God. Well, you know what, God? Yeah, I got you, but you know what? I got to have this too, though. No, it's not about putting anything above him. It's about putting him first, keeping him in the forefront, keeping him first in your life, and then according to Scripture, and then when you do that, all of these other things will be added to you. All these other things will be added to you. Man, you want to have an amazing week, man, in school? Put God first this week. Seriously, put God first. Well, what do you mean, minister? 
Let me tell you what, man. When you leave tonight, man, make up your mind that you're going to either wake up in the morning and have Devo, have, have your devotion in the morning and spend some time with God, and see, don't he speak to you clearly? See, doesn't he give you an outline for how to handle your life? And watch and see that your life be amazing. Every time I do that, every time I try to get rid of my own agenda, well, not try, every time I do get rid of my own agenda, every time I get rid of my own agenda and make his agenda first instead of mine, my life is amazing. And I'm not just making this up. I'm being completely honest. It's the craziest thing ever. I'll be like, I need to do this more often. Of course, I'm human, so sometimes, you know, Flesh getting away, you know, our little, oh, well, you know, I got to, now God don't need our help. He wants to guide, lead, and direct all of our steps. Every step we take, he wants to be the direction of it. He wants to walk not alongside us, not behind us. He actually wants to walk in front of us. He wants us to jump on his back and let him carry us. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for individuals who will allow him to take lead, to take lead, to take lead in their lives. Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God made it very clear. I created everything. I'm the one who did this. I laid it out in black and white. I put together the blueprint. I want you to ask yourself a simple question. What are you putting before God Almighty? Simple question. What are you putting before him? What are you allowing to take precedence in your life that shouldn't be taking precedence? Is it that individual? Mm, sometimes what we call a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Is it that new, whatever it is you want to fill the blanks that you want and that's taking precedence in your life? Is it your career choice? Is that taking presence in your life over God? What is it? Because whatever it is, God does not want to compete with it. And as a matter of fact, he's not going to compete with it. He's going to ask you to remove it. Because that's critically important that we move those things out of the way and move him into first place. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, we hope you enjoyed today's message, uh, Pierre's Podcast. You can follow us on uh, Facebook at Pierre's Podcast. Like us there. And you can also see our daily inspirational verses along with some uh, inspirational videos there. Uh, if you feel led to come hang out with us sometime, we have a Bible study once a month uh, called The Gathering. To get more information on that, check out our Facebook page, Pierre's Podcast. Uh, you can come and join us. And like I said, it's a once a month Bible study. It's focused for people who are just everyday average people who love the Lord and who want to get to know God in a more deeper, meaningful relationship. Uh, thanks for joining us. Talk to you guys next month. Peace. All Bumper Music is produced by Mr. D.L. Jones. The spoken word was written and performed by Miss Nicole West. And the original composition, Sticks and Stones, was performed by King Kaleidoscope from the album The Beauty Between.
Podcast. Bye bye. Bye bye.